Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we're hanging out with Manish Dudregia. And Manish is the founder and CEO of E2M. He is a techno entrepreneur and techno marketer professional. He's got over 10 years experience in this industry, working closely with lots of different people associated with technology, entrepreneurship, and digital marketing. More relevant to our space, though, is E2M is a white label web design and marketing shop based in India, also has an office in San Diego. They work with over 50 agencies. They have a team of over 100, and they've got over 150 clients that they're currently actively working with. Manish is responsible for their overall company operations sustainable strategic growth, team mentoring and retention, and so much more. And I just want to give you props, Manish. You've been coming to our events for the last few years. You've been sponsoring our events. You've been supporting our community in a lot of really awesome ways. And I also hear so many great things about how you guys show up for our members uh, and actually helping them to do some of their work, which, you know, with outsourcing, is you know not always the case. People outsource uh, their work to companies, and sometimes it's, it's really hit or miss. I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there who have tried outsourcing or contracted their work to other people can probably attest to that there's a pretty big spectrum of what kind of experience they can expect. And I know for my, myself included in that, uh, I've had definitely a lot of experiences that um, you know kind of left a weird taste in my mouth. But uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about what makes uh, a successful partnership with a company like yours in today's episode. But uh, Manish, just want to welcome you first to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Gron. Thanks for uh, having me. Really, really appreciate. And yeah, it's a, it's a privilege to be a part of this community. Like you said, you know, it's been like more than like a couple of years, like four years, we have been part of this community. 2000, I guess it's been like three years consistently we sponsor, we have been sponsoring you, you Summit. And it's been always, always pleasure to be a part of this community community where you know we not only get to uh, meet like-minded people but also we get to learn a lot from the community as a whole and the kind of like you know the speakers you bring every year we get tons and tons of insights so it's it's kind of a fun to be a part of this community where there is a lot of learning so and then the, there is a, there are a lot of business opportunities but i I am. I specifically, you know, would like to speak more about the learning opportunities we have from meeting like like-minded people and learning from each other's experiences. So, yeah, glad to be a part of the community. And one thing I've always noticed as how you show up, because I, you know, we've had a lot of people that that you know come in and out of of our community. I think one of the things I get the impression. I mean, you just play such a really good like relationship first 
if something, you know, if, if business, a business relationship is developed, you know, later, that's great. But really, it's about that relationship and value first. And I just want to commend you on that because I think that that's not always there. That sometimes, you know, when it comes to, you know, people that are, you know, whether attending conferences or building relationships, right? It's like, hey, let's get down to business. Let's, you know, let's, you know, let's get your projects yeah. or let's help you do this. But I always find like you've just got this very like, you know, if it happens, it happens. If not, like, that's fine. Like, what would you say is, you know, has kind of helped you form that value in terms of how you go about your business? Yeah, that's, you know, that's a very interesting question. And it has a direct connection with uh, the outsourcing as well, right? So, so one of the things, you know, which I personally believe is what is the branding, right? So branding is something where the experience of customers is very consistent from the top towards the end, right? So what we make sure that whenever, whatever we commit during the, our initial conversation, we make sure that we exactly pass that deliverables to a team. So they, they are on the same page to deliver what we exactly committed to client. So we are so much obsessed about branding that we make sure that we have a consistent experience of customer working with us from, you know, towards from the moment we sign up them towards the end delivery of the work. So that is something we, uh, you know, that is helping us to like retain more and more clients. The second thing I would uh, say that, you know, uh, I was reading just last week that a lot of people think that customer service is an expense. I would disagree to, to that because I, I strongly believe that customer service is a, is a competitive advantage. Customer service is kind of an investment, right? So we have the best people in customer service and I have personally trained people like, you know, how to, uh, about what is the value of turnaround time? What is the value of communication? What is the value of like, you know, showing up on time, right? What is the value of just acknowledging even though you are not able to do it right away? So I think, you know, it's very important to understand that uh, specifically where our team is having over here overseas, someone is sitting over there in the United States. And when they like, you know, send an email to us, so they don't want to wait for another 12 or 24 hours. So we have designed our system in a way that it does not uh, create no, at the times when the difference does not become a barrier, we have designed our uh, customer service like processes in a way. So, yeah, this. So, so first thing is the branding. Second thing is like you know we always consider that customer service is a competitive advantage. So that helps us to like you know uh, build a very strong relationship with our customers, and that brings a lot of referrals our way as well, right? And third thing is like you know I personally believe that it is very easy to sell to your existing clients rather than finding the new one selling to your new client right so we always always make sure that you know we don't like when clients leaving us and we think that okay it's okay to they are leaving we'll find the new one because that's not how we can grow right so i think that philosophy that you know it's that i have injected in our team very strongly that let's make sure about branding Let's make sure about the customer service and let's understand that it's very easy to sell to an existing client rather than selling to the new one. So 
all these like you know uh, values philosophies uh, i have injected in our team very uh, strongly and that is the reason like you know uh, we have designed our processes like that that our turnaround time is always quick our uh, we are very transparent so what when we start uh, the initial discussion with clients if something falls in our like you know expertise we tell them otherwise we just tell them on front that okay this is something out of our wheelhouse we cannot do it but if once we say we can do it we will do it no matter what happens so we have the track record where i i can hardly remember i have refunded our clients money ever so it's just because either they have changed their mind or something like you know some or other reason you know it did not work out but i have not, i i cannot think about we have refunded ever the the you know amount or any any money to our clients because we could not deliver that so yeah i think you know branding customer service and like focusing on existing clients uh, to retain them to get more and more business so these things you know help us to retain more clients yeah i i love that i love those those three things uh cuz i think those are not always things that gives you an immediate ROI. I want to talk yeah. about E2M as it is today cuz I think you've got over 100 people on your team yeah. which I think to a lot of agency owners sounds like I mean that's a big number, right? It's a lot of people. Yeah. Can you talk to me a little bit about where you started as an agency? Like where did, did E2M found with just a couple people? Like how what were kind of those early days of the business? What did that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting. Hundred percent bootstrapped. I started back in two thousand twelve, eight years back, and we were just like two people. And uh, then we scaled to like hundred people as we speak right now. And we are like as we speak, you know, we have fifteen twenty more people are joining in next two months. We have twenty five plus more hiring. So yeah, we are constantly hiring new people. So we are growing, which is great. So. we started with two people initially you know my core background is in seo digital marketing so initially we had started with purely offering seo services but then we turned into a full service agency so from the very beginning you know i was uh, very obsessed about uh, solving the problem where i i knew that there is a huge uh, demand over there overseas right and in the us and and canada a lot of agencies are looking for a really good reliable team right to get things done and yeah I, i tried to understand the problems we're having in the outsourcing you know industry and i started the agency while making sure that okay how can we uh oh, i mean how can we solve these problems while working still working with agency and try to just like you know uh sell a very ethical and and, and like you know uh outsourcing services where people actually don't like so see outsourcing is kind of like you know people think it's corrupted right when when you say outsourcing people say okay it's cheap okay it's not reliable and i really wanted to change that uh, that that kind of whole imp- i mean impression of outsourcing right did you say corrupted yeah it's it's kind of a corrupted word like just like yeah. spirituality when you yeah right Hey, what's up, agency owners? Brent here, and I'm going to rant for a quick second about Google Analytics. I don't know about you all, but I find that platform so difficult sometimes. I was in a meeting with a client, and they asked some basic questions about their website and funnel performance, and we hadn't set up all of their goals just perfectly to answer every possible question. 
And we weren't able to give them that answer. And I really felt like we were flat footed. Like we had all this data, but we didn't actually have the insights that we need. A friend of mine sent me a link to a new tool called Oribi. And I have to say, I've been blown away at this new analytics platform, how intuitive it is, the fact that you don't have to have a developer to set things up, the fact that data is retroactive and you can ask questions of the platform that you didn't set up ahead of time, which makes you look like a rock star with your clients because your clients are gonna ask 10 questions and then when you give them those answers, they're gonna ask 10 more questions. So you wanna be able to show your clients cool results, but you also wanna show your clients really succinct insights when it comes to their marketing performance, their website performance, their campaigns, their traffic spends, all of that kind of stuff. So look, if you're interested to learn more, I definitely recommend checking out Oribi. Go to oribi.io, that's O-R-I-B-I.io. And because you're all amazing listeners of the Digital Agency Show, they're hooking us up 20% off your first three months. If you go to oribi.io slash yougurus or use the code yougurus on their website. So check them out, oribi.io. Let's get back to our program. I'm I'm 100% with you because, I mean, I wanted to get into this, like, yeah, I, I literally was in the con- on a conversation just the other day with an agency owner and I, you know, and he asked me, like, he's like, well, you know, because he was trying to hire in-house people right. and he was like, well, I feel like, because I said, well, I was looking at how, where he kind of was as a business, right? The, the business was doing about 10K a month and, mm-hmm. you know, he was trying to hire full-time people in the United States. And I kind of said, well, where you're at today, that's a really hard proposition because you kind of only have, you know, you can kind of make one, maybe one full-time hire. You're probably, you know, at 10K a month, you're probably going to take an immediate hit to your own personal income. Eventually, you'll maybe make that up because hopefully this person's going to be billable, et cetera, right? You eventually, it's, yeah. you'll, you'll catch up and hopefully the business will grow and it, it's a part of it, but you, you kind of have to put all your eggs in one basket, right? Yeah. But then, you know, he, he mentioned, uh, he's like, well, you know, maybe I'm doing this wrong. You know, should I, should I be outsourcing? But I just, I feel weird about that. Like, I feel like, you know, that's just not right. And I was kind of like, I don't know, like, let's talk about it. Right. And so I, I, it's interesting that you bring up that corrupted word because I do think it's a, I mean, a lot of people do have a negative experience with it. Exactly. And I also feel like there's also this like weird, some people feel weird about outsourcing overseas. Yeah. And not supporting their local communities. Um, but at the same time, I know that if people at that, you know, if they're doing 5, 10, 15K a month, you know, hiring full-time people is really expensive. And whether your yeah. business there is, is, is whether your business stays in existence in a year or two years or three years or five years, like that to me is also as just as important as hiring local, right? And I think people oftentimes overextend sure. themselves by trying to do something noble and they end up in a worse off position. So, so you mentioned that it's, it's a corrupted word and you know, it's cheap and people maybe feel like it's unreliable. I mean, how do you, how do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, see, people are not wrong. Uh, Honestly, the, unfortunately, you know, there are companies like that who practice stuff like that, but uh, yeah, I mean, but so we always like, you know, when I, lot of time I start talking with agency owners and they start with like, you know, we have burned our hands and we have tried some similar partner like you in the past. It did not work out. So we get a lot of like, you know, agencies like that come to us. And then I always tell them the first thing, yeah, I hear you. You know, I'm sorry that you have had a bad experience. 
But I don't think, you know, I always give them the classic example. Let's say if you go and try a new restaurant out and if you order a dish, right? And let's say you did not like it, that doesn't mean that restaurant is not good at all, right? So or that doesn't mean that you will never ever go to the restaurant because, yeah, it, it, it that doesn't mean that you know, every other restaurant out in the city is not having a good dishes. They don't cook at all, right? Uh, good food at all. So I always give them this classic example. And always, you know, I don't try to sell them. I just try to explain them, like, you know, what we do and kind of like, you know, what uh, how our processes are different. And I always like, you know, tell them that uh, let's start with small and go from there. I don't want to like uh, think about uh, doing like, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars business with you from day one because I understand that you have burnt your hands. You want to build a trust. So we always focus on building the trust as the initial stage to make sure we establish a long uh, lasting relationship. So, and one of the advantages we have, like, you know, we have a legal entity registered in the US. So we do all the contracts, billing and everything from our US based company. So that is also one of the benefits, advantages we have that it makes very easy for agencies to do a contract and, and business with us because we have a C Corp registered in California. We have a, you know, a local company registered. They can mail the check. They can pay with their credit card, uh, debit card. So they are not, they don't face any issues with doing a wire transfer and like that. And, you know, we also have a team over there uh, in, in the U.S. office. So it's it's kind of like that, you know, that becomes an advantage for us where we are not 100% outsourcing company. We are kind of like, you know, uh, best of the both worlds. We have a local presence there. and. We also have a team over here, though, that becomes an advantage for them uh, to have kind of a uh, best of the world, best of the both worlds. So and I like the idea of starting small because you essentially have to overcome, yeah. you know, the uh, you have to overcome the reputation of the other restaurant in town. Right. Uh, that it is interesting, too, because people and I love the restaurant analogy of. Having a you know going and having a bad meal doesn't mean that all you know that you stop going to restaurants right it just means maybe that restaurant was bad or maybe even like the the dish was bad right or or whatever right I mean I've had some of my favorite restaurants put something new on the menu and you try it and you're like eh, yeah. you know but you know so I think that that's a that's a great analogy and also helping to start people with something small because I I look at it and I say you know I, I mean I think that there's a great role for outsourcing companies, like I call it like scalable teams, right? Because you've right. got a really large team. And so for an agency that's got yeah. like two people, if all of a sudden they get a like a big windfall of projects, they get like two or three clients yeah. decide to, you know, because that's always how it works, right? Like you, you get nothing. And then all of a sudden, like your five proposals all close at the same time, like to the individual small agency, that can become a huge disruption where now all of a sudden they're overextending themselves. They're promising a lot. But if all of a sudden you guys get five projects at once, it's kind of like, eh, like it's not, you've got a much bigger pool of people to pull from. And so I really like those scalable teams. And I always tell people, you know, the upside of finding a partner that you can offload stuff to that's reliable, that can become an, an extension of your team, like the upside, if you can eventually figure that out, whether it's with, you know, E2M or another company or whatever, right? Like the, it's, yeah. it's worth the time to go out and find, you know, <laughs> sample the other restaurants in town. Because if you do find that partner, I think there's a huge benefit of having that scalable team 
where you're not so all in with like one team member, right? Like our first full-time hire was a web designer and we, that was kind of core to our business. Like we needed a designer. We needed somebody in there. You know, we had another guy. Our second hire was a full-time backend developer. And honestly, that was a little bit of a riskier position because like, yeah, sometimes we needed like custom widgets coded, but sometimes we didn't, you know? And sometimes it was like, I'd be out there trying to sell stuff, you know, to kind of like keep him busy, right? Like I had this this gnawing sensation in the back of my head, like, oh man, like his payroll is coming due and like he hasn't had a project (laughs) for three weeks, right? And so I find those 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 roles where they're not really core to your business, but you but they do tie up kind of the loose ends with, with projects, right? Like let's say it's a website project and there's some little custom plugin or custom widget. And if we can't do that one little thing, we might not get the whole project, right? And so yeah. you know, we kept this really expensive developer on on staff. And honestly, I don't think he was, you know, I don't think the role was super profitable. But it did give us the ability to go do other stuff, right? It did kind of yeah. help us to sign some bigger web deals where maybe the custom development was a small a small piece of that pie. Um, but I love cool. the outsourcing. I love having a team like yours for those companies that are in those smaller growth stages where, you know, bringing yeah. on one full-time person is like a huge leap, especially if they don't have consistent work. Yeah, not only that, you know, I would like to add on top of that. So specifically, you know, uh, when the, the agency owner is a kind of a full service where they are a web design and e-commerce shop, right? So they usually, so so the technology is constantly evolving, right? So it, it's, it, it, might, it might happen that, you know, they get a client who needs a, a Shopify-based e-commerce store or, or someone comes that they need a big commerce base. Someone says, okay, they need a, like you know, WooCommerce based. Someone said it is a Juda based site. They need a Webflow based site or like you know WordPress site. So even if they think about you know hiring uh, a, a developer in house, then they might be able to hire you know specific to one or maybe two technologies, right? But again, like you know, if what if they get a, a requirement for a Shopify a project, then they they can't go out and hire a, a developer just for a one project. So I think the one of the uh, most important, uh, the the advantages or benefit is working like a white level. I mean, working with a white level partner is kind of like you know you get a pool of not only just pool of resources but pool of it diversified skilled resources. So in that case, you know you can as an agency owner, they can agency owner can also expand uh, the services in terms of like you know technologies as well. Now uh, all of a sudden, like you know they are not just uh, a single agency owner, they have a team, a pool of resources, but also the the expertise is also like, you know, diversified, right? They are not just limited to uh, one platform. So we often get agency owners like that. One of the reasons they like to work with us because we become a one-stop shop for them where they not only get like, you know, scalable team, but also like, you know, diversified range of skills. So that is also one of the advantages. What would you say? I mean, there's there's a bunch of pitfalls with outsourcing projects. Yeah. And you're, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of agency owners that have experience with, you know, bad things happen, good things happen, but you're on the other side of it, right? You're the one that is providing the service. Um, what are some of the common pitfalls 
when somebody starts to leverage a team like E2M? I'm sure I'm sure it has. I, mean, I know you guys do great work. I know it's been you you put a lot yeah. of energy into your brand, your customer experience, but I'm sure there's been some issues, right? As you've grown to over 100 yeah. people. I mean, what are some of those common pitfalls that people experience with outsourcing? Sure thing. Yeah, that that's a great question. So, yeah, I mean, see, it, it's every every kind of like, you know, every situation has like kind of pros and cons, right? So, we I think it's important to be speak about pitfalls as well, right? So, one of the things is, you know, our entire team is uh, over here in India, right? So, one of the challenges we always face with agency owners. So usually our project managers are available till noon Eastern time, right? So when they need, you know, someone to work on something immediately during their daytime, specifically uh, post noon, that's where, you know, the challenge comes, right? Where someone is not available. So we always be very, very clear from the very beginning that uh, developers will be available at like, you know, till like 11 a.m. Eastern time, Project manager will be available till 12 p.m. or 1 p.m. Eastern time. So we set very realistic expectations. But sometimes, you know, although we set those expectations, but it's kind of like client comes into the situation where, you know, they they need a developer to fix something uh, immediately and we are not available, right? So that is one of the situations, uh, you know, we come across. The second thing I think, you know, uh, we come across the situation working with like, you know, uh, agency owner, single agency owner, where they don't have a project manager, they don't have an account manager. So they are doing everything by themselves, right? They are doing sales by themselves. They are doing like, you know, uh, project management by themselves. They are doing everything by themselves, right? So that's where it becomes sometimes challenging where, you know, uh, it's for us, it's really easy to work with agencies where they have a, account manager who can work with us they have like you know a project managers who can work with us right so uh, that way we get enough time we try to understand the processes and like that so that that relationship can scale very easily right uh, versus we work with an agency or, i mean that doesn't mean that you know every we work with a lot of agencies where we work with agency owners directly where they are just one man army and we still do a lot of business together as we speak right now. But yeah, it, it becomes challenging where they running short of time. So that's where, you know, uh, it, it becomes challenging where uh, they expect us to be on the call with their clients while their clients are not comfortable because their clients don't, they, they don't want to work with overseas companies, right? And also they, their clients want to schedule a call in the middle of our night, something like that. So I think the time zone difference is one of the things which creates like challenges uh, sometimes. Yeah, and you know, mainly, uh, mainly I would say the, the time zone uh, difference. So you've got the, the time zone, the actual individual agency owners uh, availability to kind of be on top of projects, get things in quickly. And, and I know exactly what you're talking about, where, you know, an agency owner maybe is behind on stuff, right? Because they're wearing yeah. 10 hats in their business, they're a marketer, they're the salesperson, they're they're the web yeah. designer, the developer, the support person, the finance person, they got to send invoices. Like they're doing everything. And so they're behind. 
which it is, is what it is. I mean, that's just the nature sometimes I think of being in a service business. But there's a yeah. certain level of forward thinking and planning that I think if you're going to get the benefit, because I mean, typically outsourcing means you're probably going to save some money. Plus, you're going to get that diversified pool of resources. You're going to have essentially this 100-person yeah. team that you can leverage. But what I'm hearing from you is it requires some foresight and planning to make sure that you're getting your requests in and that there's not a whole lot of like last-minute type stuff. There is one thing, though, that I know comes up for people, and I want to understand how they could better work around this. Mm-hmm. That I know that, um, you know, and maybe I, th- this could be a stereotype that's true or not true, but I know with, you know, kind of, you know, there's there's different pockets of where people outsource to. And one of the things I've heard with teams that are based in India is that, and this is probably true for all outsourcing companies, but uh, in, in any geographic region where people say yes to stuff. Yeah. And I think even it's a, I think it's a cultural thing within the, within the web design and the digital agency space, right? I mean, I, I've done it where our clients say, yeah. hey, can you do this? And we say, yes. yes. And then, you know, in a week or a month or six weeks, it's like, oh yeah, remember that thing we said yes to? Like, ah, we can't actually do that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, how does that, um, how can people navigate that? Because I think sometimes, you know, a, an outsourcing company is not core to the agencies. You know, it's not core to their business, right? You're a separate team. They go sell the thing to their clients. And then, I mean, how does this come up for you guys? And is there any kind of advice that you give for agency owners of how to avoid it? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, uh, like, like you said, you know, we have been into this kind of situation. So it's kind of like that, right? You know, so the earlier stage when we, so, so this is a good problem to have where opportunist people, right? People who are very opportunist, they think like, okay, when a new opportunity comes to your way, say yes, and then figure it out, right? It's kind of like that. But I think, you know, that's not good always, specifically the opportunity is costing a lot of money to other person. So one of the reasons, you know, we have evolved our processes specifically in last uh, couple of years is like that. So we are very specific about the technologies which we work with. So the moment we clients ask us that, okay, do you work in this technology? And if we don't do it, we just tell them this is something out of our wheelhouse. Sorry, we can't help you with that. So I, I still remember, you know, one of the agencies we started working two weeks back, I got on a call with uh, him for the very first time. And uh, we started talking. He told me that, okay, I'm looking for uh, design support, development support, social media, and SEO. And I told them, okay, we provide this, this, this. We don't provide social media. And he was like, you know, you are the first outsourcing agency I've been speaking with who told me the no and the very first call. Otherwise, everyone say, yes, yes, we do everything. We are everything, right? So, yeah, I, I hear, you know, this is the very common problem uh, people have where you know they want to just do everything so one of the things you know i i talked about earlier about transparency so we are very transparent about what we do and what we don't do so we tell them from the very beginning second thing is about you know uh, we have a very clear rule in our uh, organization where until we get a very clear scope of work we don't even provide the code we always like we are very skeptical we are always hesitant to provide even a quote when we don't know the requirement 100% clearly, right? So we have two steps for that. One is something, either you provide us like, you know, a very clear scope of work, what exactly you are looking for. And once we feel confident, yeah, we'll provide you the quote, right? Or if you don't have a clear scope of work, yeah, we'll help you with the discovery process where 
we have a business analyst team, we have a sales team, we'll work very closely with you and your client to help you put together the entire scope of work. And once we have that in place, then we'll you know, get you the code. And exactly then that process, uh, we'll get to know the entire requirement very clearly. So I think my advice is that you know it's okay to lose the gig. It, it's okay to lose the opportunity. But I don't think you know it would be very, very risky to just say yes and give it. We have done that mistake in past, honestly. You know, we have had a very vague requirement from client. And then we said, yes, we give them a number. And it ended up being like, you know, like two years of project, which was supposed to be completed in like three, four months. And not only we lost money, but we also lost that client. So I think mm. we have learned a lot of mistakes over the time. And now it's been like, like two, three years. We have not had this kind of project set at all. So you had a three-month project that should have been two to three months, and it took two years. Yeah, because you know I was uh, it was in early days, and and this is the problem, you know, uh, and and it's not like you know it's 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 kind of an honest mistake, right? Because you are in the early stage of your business, and you think like okay, this opportunity can be a really really good one, and that you don't think much, and do you don't spend enough time in the beginning to understand like you know the scope of work. And generally, people come to you, okay, I'm looking for a website like Amazon, right? And that's like the monster. <laughs> that's like, you know, the, no, that's not a requirement, okay? Uh, excuse me, but that's not a requirement. You know, we can't work like that. And you say, people will say, okay, why don't you give me a cost? And like, you know, we'll figure things out later. You can put your assumptions, but you, you cannot even put assumptions when you want to build a site like Amazon, right? So I think the my experience, my advice is that like, you know, you might think that this is a great opportunity. You can get a great client. You can make a good money. But the, the risk is you know, much, much higher on the other side to land that kind of opportunity where you are not clear about the requirement uh, at all. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white-label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at E2MSolutions.com. That's E, the number two, M, solutions.com. All right, back to our show. I think that's sage advice and wisdom. Manish. And uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I'm just looking over my notes. I love that you're transparent with your clients, that you're trying to help them around, you know, kind of training them up about how to use your team more effectively. Customer service approach as a competitive advantage, leverage existing clients and serve them really well so that you don't have to go out there and constantly find new clients. How important brand is to your business, not just in terms of like logo and that kind of stuff, but actually the customer's experience using your service and how obsessed that you are with branding beyond just that, you know, that visual and verbal language. So this has been a lot of fun, Manish. Uh, Are you ready for our lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? Two things like, you know, first is uh, in terms of working with people, be it clients or uh, employees, it's very easy to work with convinced people rather than convincing people because life is too short. And uh, secondly, like, you know, 
uh, if you can't see working with person for a lifetime, don't work with that person for even a single day. I love those. It's don't kind of work like with, yeah. uh, or, or don't w- work with convinced people versus trying to convince people. That's, that's awesome. Love that. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? I think, you know, one is emotional intelligence that, uh, and then kind of like, you know, obsessed about, uh, helping people. So one thing, you know, I love the, the philosophy and then quote by Zig Zagler that if you help people to get what they want, you will get everything what you want. So uh, that helped me a lot to, I, I, I can't call myself successful yet because I know I have a lot to do yet. But yeah, this helped me to be where am I today. Manish, I'm going to tell you, man, I think you're successful. So, you know, maybe you still have more things that you want to be successful with, but I think you've been uh, very successful in helping people. I know you've helped a ton of people in our community. Can you share an internet resource tool or app that you think our listeners would find valuable? I would say like, you know, uh, we are living in the era where rather than skill, how you think, you know, uh, it's very important, right? So building a very, you know, clear thought process and building a strong uh, mental models, mental frameworks are very important, which help you to make the right decisions, Ex- exactly in you know, a decision which you can make very thoughtful. So I would say like, you know, my favorite source is uh, Furnam Street. Uh, they put a lot of really good resources about uh, mental models. It's FS, uh, yeah, it's FS.street. Yes, it's... Uh, it's fs.street, I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah. sorry, it's fs.blog. It's Furnam Street. That's the first uh, really good uh, source, I would say. And the other handle, Twitter handle is Naval, uh, N-A-V-A-L, Naval, Twitter slash Naval, twitter.com slash Naval. So he's a, he's, a, he's a VC, a philosopher, very successful entrepreneur, uh, lives in, in Bay Area. So... Yeah, these two resources are great to learn a lot of things about how to make a good decisions. Dude, Manish, I can't believe you're the first person that's ever brought up Farnham Street on the show. And I, I love that blog. And I just, I feel like a whole new connection with you. So I definitely uh, get lost in a lot of his uh, posts. And um, it's one of the only newsletters that I'm on that I let come into my inbox uh, so I love love seeing those come through. Thank you for sharing that. What book would you recommend and why? One of the books I recommend is like, you know, how to think like rich people, right? How to, I think the one of the big, uh, which I say like, you know, uh, that's a Steve Gordon book. Uh, I think uh, just quickly, like, like how the rich think, how rich people think uh, by Steve Seabold, how rich people think. So not because you wanted to become rich, but I think, you know, a uh, lot of things you can, you know, observe how you can exactly develop that thought process, not to become rich, but at least it will take you to far ahead than what you are today, right? So one of the books I really loved and it changed my thinking is like how rich people think. Awesome. We will link out to how the rich people think. Definitely interested in checking that out, as well as Farm Street, uh, Navel, which is the VC and philosopher, will get out to his Twitter account, and also the other takeaways, 
nuggets from this episode over on our show notes page. So if you're listening along with us today and you want to check those out, go to yougurus.com forward slash podcast and we'll organize all that stuff for you all in one place. If you're listening to it week of, you're going to see Manisha's photo right up there at the top of that page at yougurus.com slash podcast. Manish, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah, uh, you can go to our website. It's e2msolutions.com. That's where you can learn uh, about like you know e2m and, and services we provide. Yeah, I'm very active on Twitter and LinkedIn. So you can f- use my, my first name and last name is very unique. Uh, so if you search, you, know, you will not find anyone else on the internet other than me. It's Manish. <laughs> so... When you Google my name, you know, you'll find my Twitter handle, LinkedIn. It will be much, much easier. And yeah, I'm very active on Twitter and LinkedIn. So yeah, I can, people can find me on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to link out to E2M Solutions. That's E, the number two, the letter M, solutions.com over on our show notes page as well, as well as we'll just link directly to your Twitter and your LinkedIn profile and whatever active social media profiles you're on. Our team will find all those, organize them. Go to yougurus.com slash podcast. So if you're on a run or driving in your car, just check out our website. We'll organize all that stuff for uh, Manish and his company and his social profiles so you can learn more about him. Manish, thanks so much for stopping by the program today. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure speaking with you. And that's it for this week's episode of the the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.